Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Saturday, but we're recording it here on the beautiful sunny Saturday or Thursday here in Los Angeles, California. I think it's time, you know, and I say this probably every single time I bring this conversation to the light of day. Officially, the new world ranking for the greatest NBA basketball players of all time, LeBron James out of Akron, Ohio, (laughs) is the greatest NBA player of all time. I'm not going to talk about a certain team just to prove Jared right or wrong that I can go an entire segment or entire show without talking about a certain team. But I will not not talk about LeBron James, who just took the 2-0 lead on the Toronto Raptors. They played a night um, at or in Cleveland for Game Three. This could be an epic sweep, and this is this is where I think the NBA has a little bit of all a storyline right. written. First in. of all, it would not be an epic sweep. Let's just let's just throw that out there. Why wouldn't it be an epic sweep? By all means, because it's the Toronto Raptors. It's the Eastern Conference. It's just a okay. bunch of. It's all a bunch of baloney. It is the first seeded Toronto Rapp- Raptors, the favorite to win the Eastern Conference, along with the 76ers. Then there is the Cavs, due to odd makers. Then you have ESPN. Then you have Fox Sports. Then you have NBC Sports. All worried that LeBron James is on his last leg in this Pacers series. Yet it's he all comes for the out. news. All for schmucks like you to come out and. You know, defend him how he's the greatest player of all time. Dude, it's the Raptors. They never want anything. They never will. Tell me how I need to defend him. 43 points, 14 assists, 7 rebounds. Yeah, 43 points. Second round of the playoffs. Call four me, games of this season. Call me when the finals are on, when he's getting spanked again. I know. I've called you the last seven years. I'm going to call you eight years in a row now when LeBron's in the finals again. And pushing this Warriors team. Let me just tell you, LeBron James is playing. You mean this Rockets Slipper- team. It's going to be the Warriors. I mean, it's just evident how good this Warriors team is. Rockets down or tied 1-1 with the Utah Jazz dropping a game at home. So Let me what? tell you, I told you the Jazz are going to scare people. Yeah, they do scare them a little bit. But, but, you know, it's like Halloween. You take the mask off. You're not so scary anymore. They took a game. The Timberwolves took a game. Who cares? Timberwolves took a game at home when they were already down 3-0. This is a 1-1 series with one of the best defenses in the Western Conference. But I'm not done with LeBron James yet. Let me just put it out there for LeBron you. James also, and Aaron Rodgers. Can we talk about anybody else on this show? I haven't talked about the other person you just mentioned and won't talk about him just to prove Jared right. LeBron James, on the other hand, triple-double in a game where they were trailing and it took a fourth-quarter comeback and an 11-foot 
fadeaway jumper at the end to tie it up against the Raptors. LeBron James, triple-double machine, 40-point machine. He is literally the greatest player of all time. He is 21-0 when he takes 2-0 series lead. This Raptor series will be over. He'll play his little brother and Ben Simmons in the Eastern Conference Finals, who actually they're down 1-0. They played here Thursday night, but we, uh, we're in the early state of um, minor Minor stack correction day. here. LeBron James did not have a triple-double on Thursday night. Went 43. No, no, no. I'm talking about the first game one. He had a triple double. Oh, okay. Look at that stat. Just want you know. Just want to make sure that we're on the same game here. I'm the one. I put his. I told the stats out there. Game two, he had 43, seven, and 14. Trust 40, me, 43, I know. 43, eight, I'm, and 14. But who's counting? Oh, he had eight. He had eight. Even better. That means he got probably a last second rebound just for shits and gigs, you know. But LeBron James, and, the greatest player of all time. Game one, 26 points on 30 shots. That's a that's a Westbrook stat line right there. Yeah. And it went 12, he needs 12 to be for like 30. A 12 for 30. Yeah. I mean, great player, but come on. Let's. uh. How many assists did he have, Xander? 13. Uh-huh. But, you know, okay. just 12 for 30 from the floor. It's not exactly. Uh, it's not exactly. Yeah, Kevin if you want to stuff. If you want to compare Russ's field goal percentages and field goal attempts to LeBron James, I'd do that with you any single day. I'm just saying for this particular game. I mean, you know, take 30 shots. I took 30 shots. I'd hope maybe they have 20, 25, 26 points, you know. You, you, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to retract that statement? No, Xander Horowitz or the great wits. If he were to take 30 shots, how many do you actually think you'd make? Probably not a lot, but I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to you make a point. you make 12 here. like you just said? I, no, I probably wouldn't, but I can't shoot. So that's why I never take 30 shots. But I'm just saying, you know, it's a, it's a lot of shots for one man to take. Almost Fine, twice tell as me many as any other, any other player on the court. Tell me where you're at in the Eastern Conference. I'm, the Celtics took game one in pretty convincing fashion. It was just more they kept Ben Simmons from getting up the court and pushing the ball on him. And Bead did his natural thing. Is this, a, is this a series you're concerned about? I know you're a part of the process. So do you think the 76ers bounced back? I know they had to play it on the road, so they got time to, uh, time to bring this series back around. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, they, they really got spanked game one. I mean, 16 points. Um you know, really wasn't a good game after the first half. You look at Scary Terry, um, just the man, 29 points. Um, and there's a line, 11 for 18 from the floor, 7 for 9 from 3. There's a guy you can count on for the Boston Celtics. Um, Joel Embiid had a huge game, but, yeah, like you said, they just they never really got things going. Um, and, I mean, you look at the lines, I mean, because that, that's basically all I look at in the NBA right now until the finals is the, the box score. I mean, Embiid, 31, 13, and 5. JJ twenty three and three, Ben Simmons eighteen seven and six. I mean the lines were good. They just didn't play any defense. Um, Jason Tatum, Terry, is it Rozier? It is Rozier. Okay, it's it's not it's not going to be Rozier. It's going to be we're going to add the like Rozier to it. Um, and then Horford. I think it's French. I mean, between those three guys, you had almost eighty combined points. So spectacular effort by them. Um, and obviously we got game two going on right now. Um, we're almost at the end of the first quarter. I'm going to say that Philly takes this one on the road, but I think this should be a pretty good series. Um, obviously looking forward to the next series much more. I mean, I think Cleveland is going to take it. I don't know how many games. Um, doesn't really matter to me because, I mean, I, I think the conference finals where things start to heat up a little bit, a little appetizer to the NBA finals. Um, but, yeah, no, nothing really big has happened so far. I mean, you're just making a big deal out of nothing. That's all I have to say. I don't know. I think it's pretty evident. I'm hot that and bothered about the NBA and LeBron James winning a playoff series in the second round. I don't think Michael would have beaten MJ in any series ever. 
I'm gonna. That's my new. You don't hot think take. Michael would have beaten MJ? No. Or LBJ. No. I don't think MJ would have beaten LeBron in any ah. series. There we go. My hot take came off with a little bit of a blunder, but we bounced back. MJ wouldn't have beaten LeBron in any series. Done. Yeah, I mean, it's a that's a that's a take. Might need to take it's a two hot or take. three. The guy's got six rings. Should have had eight. You know, what are you gonna do? I, I and it's embarrassing because I think MJ would have had the substantially better teams and LeBron still would have found a way to beat him. Because look at the teams that LeBron's carrying. You, you say just the Raptors, but you're talking about the first team in the Eastern Conference and a conference that isn't that a pushover that you can call anymore. This is a conference <laughs> that is absolutely how did they be? How did they go from a pushover to not a pushover just in the playoffs just because LeBron's playing good? I didn't say that did you, Eastern Conference was a pushover all year all? long. Yes, you did. I think we have to James, rewind the tape, so I have to go back into the archives. You might have to go back. We could put a clip out for the people, but I don't care. I think that Dermar Rosen and Kyle Lowry having Valanchunas there and Serge Ibaka with a big front, I think this is a strong freaking Raptors team, and there's no no denying that. And I think the 76ers, this whole process that everyone is so hot and bothered with, that's a legitimate team as well too. And look at how Oladipo and the Pacers pushed the Cavs. I mean, it's not like they're pushovers. They're the ones who forced them to a Game 7. Oladipo looked absolutely fantastic. This East is not a joke anymore, and that's why I'm standing by my thing about LeBron, who plays harder, better, faster, and is a significantly better team player than Michael Jordan ever was, and would take Michael Jordan in any single series if it was possible I mean we think about all the commercials where you can dream about things like maybe you're the kid in the tunnel and Franco Harris tosses you the towel or maybe Tiger Woods is actually right. getting golf slow down the there partner that's all the time we have here for the sporting edge if you miss the show you know where to find us libertytalk.fm we'll be back and LeBron is the, the best break. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge, and we are back. And you know, NBA playoffs. There are two conferences. We got to talk a little bit about the West. You know, we talked enough about LeBron. Um, Roz, break break down what's going on in the Western Conference right now. You know, we mentioned um, Houston, Utah, turning out to be a decent series so far, is one one. And want to get your thoughts on the Warriors right now as well. Just finishing my quick thought. With the whole Tiger Woods on the moon, Franco Harris in the tunnel, that was going to finish with if we could potentially go back and set up a matchup between LeBron and MJ. But we're done with that. We're on the Western Conference. The series that is enticing to me because I don't think it's going to be a blowout is this Rockets-Utah game that you brought up. It's 1-1. I want it to be known. And I also was the one to say a week ago that I thought Utah could push this Rockets team. You've got one of the better offensive teams in the Houston Rockets who really it is – all Harden. It's going to be dribble dish to Capella or dribble kick out to one of your amazing three-point shooters you have in this team. Chris Paul statistically hasn't been putting up anywhere near his best performances in this postseason. And Harden's going to struggle. It is the playoffs. And I've been saying that, that Harden will have nights where it's just not going to look good for him. It's 1-1 in the series right now. So I don't know how anybody can feel confident about this Rockets team being the for sure Western Conference Finals winner. You know, I just don't see it. I've been completely against them since game one of the NBA regular season. There's no way that history is going to change. This is going to be another Golden State Warrior year. So... I'm not concerned. I'm more concerned that the Rockets don't get out of this round and I don't get to see the Rockets get pummeled by the Warriors in the Western Conference Final. I think the Rockets are going to get out. And I mean, looking at Chris Paul's numbers, he's putting up 19, 4, and 6 with two and a half steals a game in the playoffs. I think those are basically on par with the numbers he put up during the regular season. But I mean, 
I get Utah is a, is a stingy team, and I think what Donovan Mitchell's done this year is truly unbelievable. But I, I just don't think they have enough firepower. Um, I mean, Joe Joe Inglis or Inglis, whatever these names. <laughs> what are you gonna do with them? Um, I'm a big Rudy Gobert Inglis. Ingles. Ingles. I think it's Ingles. It's definitely Ingles. I want to say Inglis. Um, Rudy Gobert. I mean, he he is one of my favorite players, but I, I just don't. I just don't think this team has enough. And then, like you said, it's either Harden to Paul, Harden to Capella, Harden to Eric Gordon, Harden to Ariza. They just don't have enough firepower. And, you know, when you're talking about the future NBA champs, I mean, you know, not everybody can beat them because they're going to be on top at the end of the year. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate this Golden State-New Orleans series is turning out to be kind of a shit show. But... There's just not enough weapons, and the matchup was really enticing because it's like, hey, this Warriors team's gonna bounce into this wall that is the Pelicans, but there's not enough there. I mean, playoff Rondo, who everyone was really hyped up about, isn't gonna beat a Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. I know Drew Holiday has been playing really, really well, and Anthony Davis yeah. is Drew, one of the perennial players. Drew Holiday, spectacular season. I mean, I would have loved to seen Boogie Cousins on this team if they could have made the playoffs with him, which I'm sure they would have did without him but yeah drew holiday anthony davis um boogie and then look at playoff rondo i think that that could have made things a lot more interesting but i think I, boogie does add a huge factor would add a whole lot to this offense and a whole lot to the defense honestly i think this w- series wouldn't be 2-0 right now i think we have a 1-1 and with this series could have been a seven game series with boogie on it and i'm that's taking anthony davis word for it yeah i agree with you but you know Houston, I've still got him as my my champ, and you know, as usual, don't have the most in depth NBA analysis, but just don't need it, you know. No, you you're hitting it pretty much on the dot. I mean, the NBA is probably the easiest sport where you could just pick up and talk about it. Yes, I've seen irate or a little bit crazy in some of the way. I mean, I'm even watching this series, but it's simple. It's going to be the Rockets, Warriors, 76ers, and Cavs in the. Eastern and Western Conference Finals. If I'm wrong, come find me. Give me a nice little smack on the face. But other than that, like the NBA is just the most predictable, and that's why it's tough for me to really be a fan other than of LeBron because LeBron really is going up against the anti-hero. He's going to try to beat this Warriors team again and again and again until he can finally do it. But let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the offseason that people are more concerned about, where LeBron's going to end up, Paul George. I mean, there's a lot of free agents out there that are going to shape the course of the next season because it's similar to that LeBron first free agency when he decided to go to Miami. Lots of players that will have a lot of cell phone connections and a lot of people trying to pair up and go to places to beat this Warriors team. I heard something interesting on Pardon My Take and from Ryan Russillo. I know he claims the sort it was all from a source that this could be nothing. This could be something. But there's a lot of talks that if through sign and trade, we could have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, both go to Cleveland, keeping LeBron in Cleveland. And that those are the two perfect players to put around LeBron James. They would never lose another game again. Paul George, one of the best driving kick options for LeBron that he'd ever have. And then you have Kawhi Leonard, who will be unbelievably efficient on the defensive end, helping out a Cavs team that has struggled defensively during LeBron's tenure. So I think that would be one of the most enticing teams of all time. I'm still confused about the Kawhi Leonard situation. I never got a full grasp, and I don't know if anybody really has, but... I I've mean, got some more information about that as well, actually. Yeah, I mean, to me, he seemed like one of the best guys in the NBA from not only the standpoint of is he a 
great two-way player, but he seemed like a great teammate and not not saying anything that he's not. But this whole situation has just been weird um, when it comes to his camp, the different camps and the players on the Spurs, you know, having a meeting about him. It's just, it's it's weird. It has been a weird season for the Spurs with a guy who, like I said, is one of, you know, definitely a top five overall I think player in the NBA and you look at both sides Completely of the agreed. Ball, it, it was weird and I don't, I don't know where they go from here I don't know if he really is healthy but I mean that that would be a very interesting team because um, he, he is a great player and putting him around LeBron with a guy like Paul George I agree with you that that would be a very scary team and would love to see if they could you know maybe put up a fight against the Rockets or the Warriors no and so what I'm hearing from again ryan Rosillo. i took a lot of this from the barstool podcast so i apologize jared who probably is going to get on me about this the spurs are the spurs they're a team-oriented team you're not allowed to have your own external brand you can't i mean tim duncan you think about his career he is a hall of famer but he never had his own signature shoe he never had his own signature brand to really promote and he ran through his career had four titles there in san antonio and that was it what i'm hearing is Kawhi who makes $500,000 a year from Nike. So let that be known. $500,000 obviously doesn't sound like a little amount of money, at least to me and you, but to some of the likes of the NBA players where like LeBron's getting paid almost a billion dollars to be partners with Nike. He's looking for a $20 million deal annually with Nike or a shoe brand, and he doesn't have his own signature shoe. He doesn't have his own signature brand in San Antonio, and that might have been what started this issue and what has led to the team meetings and the team sit down almost like an intervention style i've heard with Kawhi leonard and yet to the press it's all about his thighs his thighs have been hurt they're just trying to save him so his future will be better there's no way this guy is that hurt there's no way a quad yes if it, you have a torn quad sure you're probably out for the year but i don't think that's the case here i don't know what's going on behind closed doors other than i think it is time for them to part and Kawhi's ready to have his own brand which as a player he should absolutely be able to have so we'll see where it goes. I think he's going to end up on a different team. I think it was it was a fun ride while he was in San Antonio, but he's ready to be one of the top five players in the country somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, not much to say about the situation except it's just it's been weird. Um, looking forward to how it plays out, but I mean, like I said, still very excited for the NBA Finals. One thing about the NBA I can always appreciate and get excited for is the Finals. It's always fun to watch. Really looking forward to Rockets Warriors. Well, the Rockets will take down the Warriors, and I get to see James Harden, the beard, get the best of LeBron in the finals. So looking forward to it, and it should be fun. I'm so excited for you to be wrong. You have no idea. At <laughs> the same time, I don't really care. Um, but we got about thirty seconds left here in segment number two. Roz, final thoughts on the NBA playoffs or the NBA in general? Because it's just a just a crappy league. The NBA is a complete script. It will not allow for the Warriors not to make it to the finals. And LeBron is going to sweep the Raptors just to create the storyline that he is the greatest player of all time, which I completely agree with. It'll be Cavs Warriors in the NBA finals with a disappointing six game series that the Warriors will win. (laughs) And you heard it here first, um, an exciting NBA season that Roz says ends just how the script started with the Warriors taking home another NBA title. That's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We will be back after the break. We got the Kentucky Derby this weekend, and we also got some MLB to break down and 
broke down the NFL draft last week, but we might have a couple last thoughts on that. So we will see you after the break, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge, and we are back, and we are going to talk about the mother of all horse races and arguably the mother of all gambling events, 2018 Kentucky Derby. The most wagered upon race of the year will attract action from average Joes, professional bettors, and everyone in between. Churchill Downs, 6.46 p.m. Eastern today, so Saturday, as I'm talking in the future. Um, this is the post time for the 2018 Kentucky Derby. Um, justify the Bob Bafferty trained Santa Nerdy Santa Anita Derby winner is the morning line favorite at three to one right now. Right behind him at five to one, Kentucky Derby odds is Mendelssohn, who's looking to become the first horse trained in Europe to win. Um, 144th run for the Roses. You know we've got all the action broken down here. Um, got all the horses, but Roz, I'm going to toss the ball to you. Who do you like in the race, and what are you looking at? We'll break down all the odds. We got a great report from what is it? Sirius XM Channel 204, and what is his name? I'm blanking on his name. He's one of the biggest sports guys around. Who is this? Is, this is just argument. This is really bad radio. Us not noting the name, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I know, I'm gonna come I'm in looking here. For it right. Brent Musburger. Brent, Brent Musburger. Musburger. He's got a report. 58 pages, so we're going to summarize that for all time. Yeah, I love it, though. All right, so uh, this is a stay woke, and this is a uh, if you want to win money, just follow my lead type thing. In the matter of five minutes, I've already picked out the Kentucky Derby. Let this be known. There's a man named Todd Fletcher. He is a trainer, a world-renowned trainer from Dallas, Texas. He's been training thoroughbred horses for a long, long time. He was born in 1967. He has won the Kentucky Derby twice now. His horse, Super Savior, won in 2010, and last year, Always Dreaming was one of his horses. This year, he will be have the most horses in action, and it is time to put your money on the line. Now, if you're looking for value, we got Noble Indy here at 30 to 1. He's going to be ridden by Florent Girau. There's just there's no way I say any of these names right, so just be very well prepared for that. Noble Indy is 30 to 1. That is his the Worst odds of all the Fletcher horses. He's got Vino Rosso, which is the Italian thoroughbred. There's no way that horse is really from Italy, but if you're of Italian blood, you must feel excited to be represented there. He's also got Magnum Moon, 
who is my favorite horse in this race. I believe Magna Moon coming out of the 16th slot. Lucky for me, I was born January 16th. He's 6-1 to one to win it all. It started 6-1 to one early this morning when the odds first opened up. He's got a couple other horses here I wanted to glance over real quick, but it's a long list of horses, so obviously may take it. He has Audible, who is 8-1, to one, who's going to be ridden by Javier Castellano. Javier Castellano has been a successful jockey in years past. Maybe he'll take Audible to the top. And by the way, Audible Trials, get your free copy at Audible Trials slash Sporting Edge. That was not a real plug. And that, those are the horses that Todd Fletcher has going in this year's 2018 Kentucky Derby. And uh, speaking of Todd's, we have a, a special guest selection from the one and only Todd Horowitz, the founder of the Sporting Edge, also happens to be my father. Um, his horse is, like you mentioned, Audible. Audible is going off right now at 8-1 to one at the win. He's 7-1. to one. Um, And a little story about how Audible got here in the five slot. Ran three times as a two-year-old in New York, um, beginning his career in September. Finished third um, in a green effort. Followed that up with two daylight wins at Aqueduct. Each race improving upon the prior race in terms of time, um, according to the buyer speed figures and the Brisnet speed numbers. So that pattern continued as a you know as a three-year-old as Audible won the Holy Bull Stakes by five and a half lengths, then coasted to a win in the Florida Derby by three lengths, each win bettering previous efforts. So Audible enters the Kentucky Derby on a four-race win streak, showing no signs of, of slowing down for the trainer that you mentioned, Todd Pletcher. Um, and a couple things, a couple other things about Audible. Um, you know, he's one of the fastest horses in the field, speed figure wise. And looking a bit more deeply into the numbers, Audible's late race numbers are some of the highest in the field. He's been able to deliver those after running very good early pace numbers. So you look at the total combination, um, usually points to a high class individual, and Audible fits that profile. You factor in the versatility running style. Um, I had seen him win, you know, close to the pace and from well off. You know, I don't think you should ignore Audible and. Todd Horowitz, legend on the show. I'm going with him too. I mean, I just love love what I just heard, love what I read. I like Audible. Um, and then also, like you mentioned, Magnum Moon. Which I've got good detail on, and we've got history in the making here. This All is right. why you got to hop on Magnum Moon. Okay. Magnum Moon could be the first two-year-old horse to win the Kentucky Derby since 1882. <laughs> How about that? That Apollo in 1882 was the last two-year-old horse to win the Kentucky Derby, but it's been a quick start to the year. He won at Gulfstream in January and recently just absolutely dominated the $1 million purse at the Arkansas Derby, April 14th at Oaklong Park. He is going to be a horse to watch. Magna Moon is the favorite, at least for me, going forward. I know odds-wise he is not, but this is this is going to be my horse. We make history. It's been too long since we've had a two-year-old win. Yeah, and you look at Magna Moon, undefeated Colt that's won all four of his races, um, pretty easy fashion. Also began his career in January, um, did not make a start as a two-year-old, thus falling into the category of Apollo's Curse. Streak will likely be broken someday, and this could be the year, like you mentioned, Roz, that Magna Moon will win. Um, and you know he easily defeated his ten rivals on January 13th at Gulfstream, Gulf one of our favorite tracks, by four and a half Great lengths. Great track. Um, followed that with a you know relatively easy win at Tampa Bay Downs in February, and you know stepped up to the stakes company when he shipped to Oaklawn Park and dispatched nine other rivals in the Rebel Eight and eight rivals in like you mentioned the Arkansas Derby, 
with each race basically a car- carbon copy of each other. I mean, just run to perfection. But, you know, let's take a quick look and just list off all the horses and their odds. According to CBS Sports right now on Thursday night, I'm just going to read them down real quick. Got Justify at 3-1, to one, Mendelssohn at 5-1, to one, Magnum Moon at 6-1, to one, Bolt de Oro at 8-1, to one, Audible 8-1, to one, Good Magic 12-1, to one, Vino Rosso 12-1, to one, Hofberg at 20-1, to one, My Boy Jack, Enticed and Salomini, Noble Indy, Flameway, Free Drop Billy, and Promises Fulfilled all coming in at 30-1. to one. And then leading the pack in the back at 50-1, to one, we've got Bravazzo, Lone Sailor, Ferenz Fire, Instilled Regard, and Combatant, and Blended Citizen is also eligible if one of those horses does happen to drop out. I'm going to put up a little try play here. Um, I'm going to go with Audible on top with Magnum Moon and Hofberg at 20 to 1. That is my trifecta play. Um, I'm going to play a bunch of different exactas and trifectas. I'm going to put Audible on top in most of those. Um, And I'm also going to put Magnum Moon on top in a couple. So that's what I'm looking at in terms of the Kentucky Derby right now. Let me just say. Let me be clear. To to any sports fan who listens to the show, the fact that we just gave that in depth of an analysis of the Kentucky Derby, and yet we haven't mentioned a soccer score or a stat about soccer, just shows you the lack thereof of soccer respect we have on this show. I just felt bad. That's how bad I was starting to feel due to our. I thought we did an unreal job given those stats right there about the Kentucky I mean, Derby. It's the greatest two minutes in sports. I mean, the most prestigious and sought after win in horse racing for owners, trainers, and jockeys. Um, it's also where the biggest degenerates in the world go for two seconds. I mean, I you mean, feel I've, special. At, it's I, I rough put myself being in the there Derby. Too. Um, but, I mean, you look at – I mean, some of these numbers are pretty cool. Um, last year's Kentucky Derby attracted nearly 160,000 on-track fans that wagered over $21 million on the outcome of the race. Another $180 million was wagered at all other racetracks and outlets, you know, such as casinos, um, places that accept horse racing bets. And unlike betting on sports, where sportsbooks keep all the losing tickets, all the money wagered on the Kentucky Derby is paid back to the bettors, sharp enough to place the right wagers. Huh. There you have it. There yeah. you have it. Yeah, I'm three hours from Vegas. I might make the trip. Dude, I would love to make the trip, um, and I'm That's, definitely going to watch. Are you going to watch? I doubt you watch the two seconds. It's two minutes, first of all. It's the best two minutes in sports. Two minutes. Two and minutes, also two a little, seconds. little plug for Brent Musburger. Um, you can watch Inside the Derby, the TV show. you got Hall of Fame broadcaster Brent Musburger as a host with Vinny Magliulo in Las Vegas and Ron Flatter reporting from Louisville. Um Got that Friday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, or just today, 7.30 a.m. Eastern, only on TVG. So, I mean, that should be fun to watch. Um, I mean, this is, it is the greatest two minutes in sports and very fun race to watch. Hopefully, Audible or Magnum Moon comes away with the win. It really starts uh, OTB season. That's what I would label this as. This is the time where you really know that horse racing is back in action and you can go sit in an OTB for a good eight-hour day and try to make some money. Yep, that is definitely what you can do. But in the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. Make sure you do not miss the Kentucky Derby. 646 Eastern, that is 546 Central and 44... 246 in Roz time? 
In Ra's time. In Ra's time. It is so officially Ra's time. Early afternoon out there on the West Coast, but we'll be back after the break, everybody, talking some Major League Baseball. What is up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge and had to save the best for last, Major League Baseball. We are about 20 games into the season right now. Excuse me, more than that. We're about 30 games into the year. Um, a lot of stuff has been going on. Injuries. Stuff that I need to ask you a question about, actually. Well, ask away because I don't. I didn't really know where to start. There's so much good information. Um, I, I was curious, as you as an individual, do you ever like feel nervous in any situation? Maybe around a girl, maybe about plans, maybe about work. Do you ever get that nervous feeling in like the pit of your stomach? I. I I do get nervous sometimes okay. about some things. I'm just, I just needed to know if you get nervous. Are you beginning to get nervous? Is this the beginning of the Mets major collapse that's going to occur? Now that you bring that up, um, man, Jacob Degrom, that is uh, that's going to hurt. That is really <laughs> going to. Yeah, you know, the Mets they were they were going good, and you know then Matt Harvey the situation. Which is is an interesting situation to say the least. I just think um, he's garbage. That that wasn't a whole situation to me. I think it was about time they started to move him away. Yeah, I mean it was time, but it's just sad that it had to happen that way. Um, you know, you look at Cespedes. You know, expected to miss just a few days after injuring his thumb, but you know Jacob Degrom with the elbow injury on what they said happened while he was swinging. Don't have the full news on it yet. Um, We've got not. I got news. Breaking news, by the way. Breaking news. Jacob De, Jacob Degrom will be starting his next scheduled start for the Mets. The Mets just got absolutely great news. He is going to be good. It was a hyperextended elbow, but he said he will be able to continue playing. All right, that is great news. Um, you know, because the Mets are you know seventeen and nine right now, playing some pretty good baseball. Um, but looking at other injury news around the league, um, this week has not been very kind to Major League Baseball. Andrew Miller, um, sidelined with a hamstring, say said that he could be back Sunday, but I think that's a big blow to the Cleveland Indians. You look at Yohan Mankata, hamstring, been out of the lineup for a few days, sliding into third base. Miguel Cabrera left Thursday night with a hamstring strain. He had Zach Davies placed on the DL with a rotator cuff injury, and... A big injury, I think, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. If they needed any more bad news, Hyunjin Ryu placed on this disabled list after suffering a significant left groin strain in the second inning of his start on Wednesday night against the Diamondbacks. Reports are that he actually tore the muscle completely off the bone, which is just an absolutely disgusting thought. Um, But I think that's bad news for a Dodgers team that is struggling to find their identity right now. I mean, this is getting pretty ugly in the NL West right now. And I mean, the Dodgers have just, they've been garbage. That Another is. pitching injury that hurts is the Johnny Cueto going in to be evaluated by Dr. Andrews. And he's really closely associated with Tommy John surgery and he's been a staple to my fantasy team. So the Giants could be losing one of the better pitchers to start this season. And I could be losing my best fantasy pitcher. Yeah, um, pretty cool note, though, on the Dodgers with a couple injuries. Um, Yasiel Puig, Alex Verdugo getting called up, is hitting 375 right now. Fun fact, Rube is a very big part of this fun fact. We actually played against Alex Verdugo 
about five years ago um, when we were 18. Started the game off on the mound against us, was uh, chucking in the mid-90s. Um, so that, that was definitely a sight to see and ends up being a starting outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So pretty cool. Shout out to him. He's hitting the ball great and should continue to find some time in this lineup. Um, you know, Matt Kemp's swinging a pretty good bat right now, but, you know, Ferdugo can can keep his place in Yasiel Puig's sideline for a little bit. Um, and Chris Taylor kind of falling back to earth. That is a pretty cool, pretty cool story that we played against that guy about five years ago. Yeah, I probably watched a game. I don't know him that well. You guys seem to know him. You guys might as well call him up, see if he can uh, get you tickets for the Dodgers yeah, game. Yeah, maybe we could call him up. Be like, remember that one game? Yeah, I have a buddy that lives in L.A. How about you hook him up, especially in June when the Cubs come to play? Yeah, but uh, looking around the rest of the league, um, Baltimore Orioles, terrible, but Manny Machado has been one of the best hitters in the league. Um, you look at his line, 361, 448, um, and 676 slugging. Got nine home runs, um, more walks than strikeouts. You know, if there if there's gonna be a guy who beats out Bryce Harper in that contract next offseason, it's gonna be Manny Machado. Well, since you've mentioned this in back to back shows now, let's talk about him a little bit. Let's let's go future vision instead of staying in the pretty consistent present vision. What's going on with Manny Machado? What are your kind of initial inklings? What are you starting to feel? Are you thinking that this is going to you think there's any chance he stays in Baltimore? Um, I don't think so. I think he's going to change. And I think Baltimore, I think they need to, they need to do something else. They just need to right the ship. Um, if you had to give three teams a, a gun to your head right now, what are the three teams you feel strongest about capturing Manny Machado, either at the trade deadline, which is where I think he's going to be moved or in the f- upcoming free agency? Jeez, that's tough. Um, I've heard one of the teams I've heard is the Cubs. I don't think that's going to happen, but I could possibly see it. I mean, if they can package, you know, something with Russell and a, and a couple other big, um, couple other big minor league guys. I mean, I know the the Baltimore Orioles are going to try to get as much as they can for him because um, they're just not going anywhere at eight and twenty. But I've I've also heard the Yankees, which it's tough to see him land on some of these teams. Also heard the Dodgers the other night. I mean, you know, some big news: Corey Seager out for the year. Um, getting Tommy John surgery. Those are a, a few teams that I'm looking at right now. I, have, I haven't done too much research. What would it take to get him on your White Sox team? Is that a trade or is that going to have, would that he have to fall to free agency and there'd have to be an amazing sell? <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. I've never really been big into the um, either trading or free agent and the implications for what that looks like for teams. That's more just something I read about. Um, but that would be really exciting if he went to the White Sox. Because I think the White Sox, I mean, they're not playing very good this year. I don't think anybody really expected them to. But that would be a team in the future that you'd be looking at going. They, they've got some things going on. they got a lot of young talent. Um, need some better pitching. They need to get James Shields out of that rotation and call it Michael Kopech. But that is besides the fact. Um, and looking at another team in that same division, Mookie Betts. Another three home run game. The guy's hitting 344 with eight doubles, 11 home runs. Um, you know, there's been talk that he, he's been more aggressive this year because he was taking way too many strikes last year. Swing rate is basically identical, though, to 2017. But, I mean, the guy is just <clears throat> crushing the ball. And it's funny that he's only, he's only like 5'10, 175. Not a big guy at all. But um, another three home run game becomes, I think it was the fourth player ever to have three multi-home run games in the team's first 30 games of the year 
So, I mean, Mookie Betts, I think MVP of the AL right now. That's not off, especially if they keep pace with the in the way they have been leading the division. But along with 11 home runs, there's another man who hit a ball 524 feet, the longest home run this season and in almost the last decade. Mike Trout's also at 11 home runs, the constant MVP, the LeBron James of Major League Baseball. Yep. I think Mike Trout and this Angels team has been the most intriguing team to me, not only because of Shohei Itani, who really is breaking the mold of baseball, but they're 18 and 12, only a half game back on the Houston Rockets, or not Rockets, <laughs> Houston Astros, who can't seem to get past this New York Yankees team. This a, I think this AL race all the way through is going to be one of the most interesting baseball seasons we've seen in the last couple decades. I really do. I think the teams at the top of this ba- or the AL right now are so unbelievably stacked and so unbelievably good that we're going to get amazing baseball all the way through. And I understand that the Yankees are potentially about to sweep the Astros, but I think this is going to be a series that bounces back and forth and could set up for one of the best postseasons of all time. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at Didi Gregorius, who I think is also another MVP candidate right now. Um, absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, but I mean, you look at the, like you mentioned the Angels, eighteen and twelve with a rotation ERA of over five right now. Um, I think that pretty good record for you know having I think some weak starting pitching, but some guys who can turn it around. I mean, you look at Otani, Garrett Richards, Tyler Skaggs. Um, they flash some good things at times. So the AL, I think, should be very exciting. Got a couple things to look at. Tampa Bay Rays have been playing some great baseball. But you know what, everybody? That is all the time we have here at the Sporting Edge this week. I feel like we could talk about baseball for another three hours, but we just don't have the time. So we're going to have to kick it back to you next week. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. Um, We will be watching, remember, 646 Eastern Standard Time. That's 246 Ross Time, 546 Wicks Time. We will see you next week, everybody. Bryce Harper, Aaron Rodgers. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.